I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday, Monday Mindset, Mindset Podcast, Podcast, where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 87. This week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, this week I have something slightly different from the usual, from the norm. We were just saying before we started recording that this is actually the first time we've recorded for a few weeks. First recordings of the new year in real time. And Christmas New Year is not usually the best time of year for me. There are many reasons, but maybe it's just the pressure from everywhere else that it's supposed to be such a fun time of year. I don't find it a particularly fun time of year. So I'm usually feeling a little bit down. And as you so often say, things tend to come along when we need them. And I subscribe to Audible. And they've taken on, thankfully, I think it started in America, but I think it's called the Audible Plus catalog. But basically, if you have a membership, you have access to all this stuff that you can borrow. It's not exactly for free, but there are thousands and thousands of things. And I take full advantage of this, especially with things like novels that I get through really quickly and a pretty throwaway. And this one popped up as a suggestion for me. And it's called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And I have actually come across Matt Haig before on some of the podcasts I listened to. One of the podcasts I mentioned the other day, actually, uh, called How to Fail. And he has spoken about issues that he's had with depression. I think he actually had a nervous breakdown in his 20s and suffers periodically from depression and anxiety. That's about the limit of what I know about him and his work, really. But I stumbled across this book and it sounded quite interesting. So I thought I'll give it a go. And I very much enjoyed it. So I thought it would be something interesting to share with you. Makes a bit of a change from the usual podcast and things. Now, it starts with a woman called Nora Seed, who is talking about the number of hours she's counting down before she's going to end her life. Now, that doesn't sound like the... <laughs> the most cheery of books to be reading, but it basically delves into thinking about all sorts of, he's obviously, I don't know whether he studied at university philosophy, but he talks about all sorts of philosophical theories and talks around things like anxiety and depression and what it's like to be a human. I've actually gone on to read another of his books called The Humans, which is all about what it is to be a human. But this one, she's, we start with the countdown to when she's going to end her life. And she goes ahead and does this. But then finds herself in this limbo world of the midnight library where 
time stays at midnight and she has the opportunity to try out all of the other potential lives that she could have lived. And, you know, she talks about one of the reasons it really resonated with me was and this is a phrase I've used about myself, that I've, you know, in my really low times that I felt like I'm a bit of a waste of space, you know, that I've wasted my life. There are all these things I could have done, all these, you know, and on and on it goes. But this deepest, darkest rabbit hole you go down when you play the what if game. What if I had done this? If only I had done this instead of that and all the other decisions that you could have made through your life and made something better of yourself. And these are the kind of things that she is exploring. And so she finds herself in this library with an old librarian that she got on really well with, who kind of guides her through. And one of the first things she gets her to look at is this really, really heavy book called The Book of Regret, which is, unsurprisingly, full of all the regrets she has. One of the things that the novel goes on to kind of do is to make this book lighter, that she gradually gets rid of some of these regrets. But she finds it so heavy when she opens it and really difficult to close. And you really feel that overwhelming sense of, of regret and misery and darkness that comes with it. Um, but then she goes on to experience some of these lives. She can choose any life she wants to lead. And, you know, she starts with the obvious and goes through. And I won't tell you the rest of it. It's, it's a nice book to read. But there were little moments, little quotes that came up throughout that I've written down that, that I found interesting. None of them particularly new things you would have heard before, but I thought good little talking points. Yeah. And so I was just going to talk about some of those. The first one that I wrote down was when she keeps talking about things she wanted to do. And Mrs. Elm, who is this librarian, says to her, well, want is a really interesting word. Actually, what it can mean is lack. And she says that sometimes if we fill this lack with something else, then the original want disappears entirely. And when they are talking about regrets, this book of regrets, she says that regrets are often not based on fact, but rather on our perception. And we only know what we perceive. It's not what you look at that matters, but it's what you see. And the only way to learn is to live. And I thought that was that's something I know that you've spoken about before, that people get very caught up in the quote unquote truth of a situation. But actually your truth is just your perception of something and actually sometimes reframing it you can see that there is another way to perceive it and that 
you know, often depending on your mood, your perception can be very, very clouded, how you experience something. And she says that there are barriers that stop you seeing the truth about yourself. And this is ways of thinking. And you can choose choices, but not outcomes. So a lot of these things don't really flow from one to another. It's just little quotes, interesting quotes that I've written down. One thing I really like that she says, never underestimate the big importance of small things. And this is certainly something that I've come to realize that how hugely important small things can be, the importance they can have on your life, on your happiness, especially, you know, the small day-to-day things. That's often something I remind myself of, you know, my dogs, swimming in the sea, all these things. They're quite small things, really, but they do have a big importance and a big impact. Interestingly, though, Daisy, it's anytime you start to get into philosophical things like this, I always try and look at both sides because Mm -hmm. you also, there are books out there, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. And so I think any of these ideas, we can't take, um, you can't just swallow it whole. You have to kind of maybe look at it for yourself. Mm, So for example, don't sweat the small things like that little annoyance or that little question you're not sure whether to do it this way or that way. But do pay attention to the small things that have positive meaning for you like that swim this morning, Mm. that time cuddling with your dogs. And so both are small things. Yes, that's very true. It kind of works in the opposite sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. Very, very true. And this thinking of playing the what if game, which is exactly what she spends most of the novel doing, of course, but that it can drive you insane thinking of all the lives that you haven't lived And Mrs. Elm says to her, another one of her wise phrases, doing one thing differently can often mean doing everything differently. And actions can't be reversed in a lifetime, however much we try. What we consider to be the most successful route for us to take often isn't because too often our view of success is based on an idea of an external achievement. And this is something we've talked about before, isn't it? Can't remember which week or weeks, but this idea of external goals having more meaning, giving them more credit than we should. We talk about depression and the basis of depression, less about being miserable, but feeling like there's no way out of that misery. And in the same vein, talking about fear versus despair, that fear is like going into a cellar and worrying that the door will close shut. But despair is when you go in and the door closes and locks behind you. And this was something that ticked over in my brain and something that I've noticed more recently when I've had those same feelings of depression, you know, they're very familiar by now. One of the biggest sense of dread that I get around that, I think, is this idea that there might not be a way out of it this time. You know, when you've had periods that have gone on for weeks, for months, for years, 
and you feel like it is, of course, it's not nice being in that position, feeling like that, but it's more a case of, and this isn't necessarily the case for everyone, but I think for me, this is what resonated with me. It's that fear that you're not going to be able to get out of it. Anything feels like it's bearable if you know when the end is going to be. You know, if somebody can say, yes, this is how you feel today, but by next Tuesday, you're going to feel fine. You'd be kind of like, okay, you know, it's pretty shitty feeling like this. But if I know there's a day where I'm going to wake up and I feel fine, it all starts to feel a bit more manageable. And I think that's one of the changes that I've come to realize is that there will be a time when I feel better. And that time, you know, the, the periods of time that I'm in it seem to be getting shorter and I've got more strategies of getting out of it quicker. And I feel much more confident in my ability to get out of it quicker. So I could really see that distinction. And the, the thing that I really, the real positive, because there were lots of positives that came out of this novel. It's not all doom and gloom. And pretty quickly, to be honest, you know what the ending's going to be. You know where this is going to go. You know, it's quite a sort of linear progression. You can see the moral of the story. You can see what you're being educated on here. But I still thought it was a good read. Maybe it was just what I needed to hear, literally, because I like the audiobooks here at the time. But I found it very beneficial. But one of the things that I really liked... Uh, Mrs. Elm talks about the way out of all this is possibility and potential. She says that possibility is the basis of everything in life. She is a great chess player and she says there's no right way to play chess. There's no right way to play life, but there's possibility. Every hope regret, dream, moment of living. There's always possibility. And talking of chess, she says that a pawn is never just a pawn, but a queen in waiting. That pawn is always ready to unlock its inner power. All it needs to do is to get to the other side of the board, one square at a time. And I think that's where I shall end the slightly mismatched notes that I took from this. Um, But, you know, the whole point of this podcast that we do is to share with each other things that we've found interesting or beneficial in some way. And I found this book beneficial, so I thought I would share it with you. Something I've been thinking about as you've been describing the book, Daisy, is... If I were going to write a novel, I think this would be something I would want to do. It sounds like the author has pulled, it's almost like thinking about pulling 10 of your favorite powerful memes and then working them into a novel as life (laughs) lessons that someone's learning through whatever. Yes, that's kind of what I felt as I was reading it, yeah. And I like it though, because there were things that you described that people that I listened to, like Wayne Dyer or Abraham Hicks they teach these themes and they're really universal, positive themes that if we all can incorporate, 
things do feel better. And so this is, in my imagination, this is this author's way of taking what they listen to and using, you know, these analogies of chess and of this and that and using a different medium to convey these life lessons that you can learn and it can spark this in you as mm. a reader of a novel. Oh, I could be doing this. And even the idea of what you described as the nature of depressive thinking. Depressive thinking says kind of pretty much this sucks. It's always going to suck. And there's nothing I can do to make it not suck. So the author was able to, you know, take that. I didn't say it very eloquently, but, you know, that's kind of the gist of that theory and put it into a character's experience and have us as listeners or readers challenge ourselves to get outside of that. So it's really a cool book as I'm listening, just how many important messages could be woven into the plot of a book. Yes, and I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that she gets to experience many of these other lives that she could have lived that she, in her current state, thinks would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. But do they turn out to be as perfect when she gets to live them? And there's probably, you probably know the answer to that already. But like I say, a lot of it is kind of obvious, but also yes, kind of brings it home to you because you've probably gone down some of those imaginings yourself. So yes, I recommend it. Matt Haig, The Midnight Library. Very cool. Sounds like a good read with lots of deeper meaning mm. that if you take time to reflect on, that book could be as helpful or more helpful even than reading some self-help books at this point. Yes, that's right. Because like you say, it's quite good, isn't it? When it all gets wrapped up in a story that you get swept along with. Well, I hope that this is maybe a book that anyone would consider or even just opening up the possibility that even reading fiction can still be a way to continue our self-development and growth as we enter this new year and beyond. Yes. And trying out those suggestions sometimes that pop into your feed when you're least expecting, but perhaps most need them. Absolutely. <laughs> Take good care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.